0: the map
1: horizons, ethereal vibes, interesting tracks and inspiring stories that you've come to expect week after week and of course this time's no exception because we've got some quite interesting happenings upon us. I'd say unique journeys but focused while on the west coast, surprisingly frequencies heading from the east are focused in that direction and you'll see what I mean very shortly. First up, we're going to tell you a little bit about an activist journey to raise interest and funds to support Wild Salmon as he challenges himself paddling all the way to Alaska. I believe he's in an Albertan, and then we got a few more of those in the house. We've previously even tuned in to the Frequency Horizon radio program, so we'll be bringing those vibes in shortly but first of all let's get started with the first track off Justin Martin's brand new album and it's an all killer no filler proposition might play another one later but for now let's dive in that's the name of the track maybe it'll be the soundtrack to your next surf session here it is Justin Martin with Dive In and we're going head first into this program and next up we have an interesting cut, you've probably heard it before if you've been listening to either the Frequency Horizon in the past, because I've played Fortet in the past and you know to be honest, this was not even a song I loaded in today, I actually tried to load this song in today, but not only was it already in the system, it was already programmed in my block. It's Fortet, gone. Pizza in the studio. We're about to have a chat about this and that, we'll see where it goes. This has been Quartet Gong. An older one. It's still a goodie. We're gonna play a new one. We played it a couple weeks back. It's a Canada remix of Odd and Awesome's sisters. Pretty potent. I do say so myself. Odd Nosdam Sisters, The Boards of Canada Remix. Seven Deadly Sins of Lust following up some amazing music, right from Big Data, Dangerous with the Oliver remix. And that followed up what I think was 410, but we'll get back to you on that one. Listening to Seven Deadly Sins with Lust. Hope you enjoyed that. Before that, we had Big Data, Dangerous, but probably haven't heard that before because it's the Oliver remix. I absolutely love it. Before that, what we listened to was the Flashbulb, Set Changing Airborne. Before that, Odd and Awesome Sisters, the Boards of Canada remix. Now, let's hear about Simon's Journey to Alaska. sea kayakers must master the art of doling out intense forward propulsion consistently while still holding back enough reserve energy in case of an emergency. Human beings are blessed with agility and incredible muscular abilities, but these are finite resources that must be managed carefully. Simon Bayman isn't afraid to brave the waters of the Pacific. The 25-year-old activist has already paddled in his kayak from Victoria to Tofino on a journey to increase awareness of the importance of British Columbia's wild salmon. Now he's on his way to Alaska. He's also working to raise funds for local group Friends of Clayquot Sound, which has stood staunchly in opposition to salmon farming operations in the region. They supported a native blockade that led to the removal of a planned cermac fish farm in a housed First Nation territory, last year only to cause the same pens to be moved to another site. This led to the by-the-book December shootings of 15 California sea lions who had taken up residence in the area. Department of Fisheries and Ocean stats show about 6,000 harbor seals, 1,200 California sea lions and 360 endangered Stellar sea lions have been shot. And killed in BC since 1990 in similar circumstances. Simon approaches his journey with a resolute attitude and an understated drive. It's kind of what you need to be like if you're gonna go head-to-head with the ocean. You don't just launch out and expect the best. You need to be humble lest you be humbled.
2: Is there a specific order that you have to put everything in?
3: Uh, not really, but I kind of just know where everything goes now. Because I came from Victoria, so like, I figured out little systems and stuff. Um,
4: like for a while I was putting that red bag on, on the
3: front deck just because I had a lot more stuff in it at first. And it was just so awkward. And like, there was one time I was like coming in for a surf landing, um, with the waves and like that bag like caught one of the waves and just like almost like dunked me a couple times because the weight was so top-heavy so if it's in the, if it's behind me it's a lot more stable so like I figured that out there's the hard way, you know.
1: Sitting there on the smooth stone beach with white caps aplenty Watching Simon pack for his journey was soothing in itself. Some visiting Victorians were taken in by the experience too. We're all on our own little quests. We all have obstacles to overcome. But when you see someone who isn't afraid to tackle the elements on such a grand scale, it really puts things in perspective. Find your systems, you know. I guess there's no room for air, yeah, and not room for much of anything, eh? Yeah, yeah, man. So, yeah, it's
4: crazy. yeah. But, yeah, there's really no room. Um, not a lot of
3: room anyway. But the thing about these trips is, like, when you
2: uh, when you keep going, then slowly your stuff like you don't have as much stuff, like you know, you eat more, you save room, and then slowly it's so much easier to pack, cause, like.
1: Suddenly, trying to hitchhike back across the island or find a place to live doesn't seem like such a big deal. We I can I have
3: everything so. in Do I have music? Um I have music on my phone and I'm bringing my phone and I can charge it with like a little uh yeah. a
2: little like satellite uh what do you call it? Uh, solar solar power, yeah. I like <laughs> so Yeah, I I don't usually listen to music though, I usually
3: try to like you
2: know just listen to the na- nature, you know.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, so, so. So, I'm gonna start fishing. See, so, I haven't started fishing yet, so I'm gonna start fishing to uh, try to catch some, some fish. I'm gonna think cool. So, what's your name?
5: Tegan. What's your good name? Kayla, Emily.
1: And and how come you guys came out here today? What's going on?
5: Um, Today we're supporting Simon on Paddle for the Salmon. He is paddling up to Alaska, and he is currently in Tofino, B.C. It is April 24th at about 2.30 p.m., and he is about to kayak out into the seas and go up to Alaska to raise awareness on wild salmon.
1: What is it, what is the weather like right now, or like what, what what does it look like he's gonna face once he gets out there? I'm
0: a little bit worried about his safety because it's <laughs> a little bit windy. and yeah. very wavy, but I yeah. think Simon has what it takes. Yeah, he's, got what it takes. he's ready. Know. He's confident, yeah. you know. So huh. and he's passionate
5: about this cause. Yeah.
1: Any any words of advice for Simon?
5: We love you, and you're not alone. I'm
1: not alone. No. Thank you. We
5: support We're not you.
1: Not alone.
3: Goodbye.
5: They're
3: going to be sending you
5: vibes this whole time. Yeah, they're going to reach me wherever I am. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I'll
1: As his muscles are burning and he's pushed to and fro at the whims of the currents and prevailing winds, I wonder if that passion he has for creating a stir about the state of aquaculture is enough to sustain him with inner warmth. I wonder at what point he has to shut off all other conscious thought simply to focus on the battle to endure. Will he regret his decision, even for a moment? And what little experiences along the way will make his specific loneliness all worth the while. I know, as I'm sure he does, that these are personal lessons he will likely never be able to fully put into words. But we'll be glad to hear of remorsals he can offer up once he gets back.
2: A uh, fundraiser for Friends of Clackwood Sound and the salmon conservation work we do.
1: Liam McNeil, manager kayak operations at Tofino Sea Kayaking, has some encouraging words as well.
2: Yeah. Simon, uh, thank you. All the best on your journey. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you here for the last couple of days. It's been a pleasure to see you around and yeah. uh, the support that you have on this journey. Yeah. You know, environmental sustainability is so important to all of us and, and those of us that work in the ecotourism industry really
0: value individuals who take it upon themselves to really work on this. So totally. thank you. Thank you.
1: So our thoughts are on Simon somewhere out there bobbing around, or hopefully at this point camped out for the night, but uh, he'll be on his way to Alaska for the next little bit and program when he comes back. But for now, we're going to move on with our own journey into a song that will change up the vibe a little bit. This is Steve Angelo featuring Gary Goh, Prisoner. Going to be a euphoric track that I throw it out there. To be honest, I thought it was going to be worse, but I actually fully enjoyed that. So that was Steve Angelo featuring Gary Go, Prisoner. Gotta have one of those every once in a while, right? And this is an opportunity to switch right next into a super older Boards of Canada track. It's a Chinook. I'm, I'm playing it for the Calgarians in the house. It's not, it's not even my favourite track that, in my opinion, is representative of Calgary in any way, shape or form, but they do get the Chinook wind patterns out in that area, and there is a Chinook Mall where I used to listen to this track, so enjoy. that little ditty. You know, every once in a while it's nice to hear, you know, one of the B-sides in a sense. That was Chinook by Boards of Canada. Here we are, it's a dark night, still night, we got DJ Zoico in the corner prepping his show coming up. You can expect that live and direct in the mix from 11 to 1, so stay with us at that point. If you want to get deep, dark, we just vibe out, feel free, but for now we have four other dudes in the studio here with some interesting stories to tell. And uh, first and foremost, we got on the left, we got Curtis Wolf. Hey,
2: how's
1: it going, Drew? Mike's on. Hey, thanks, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got uh, Luke, Luke Bebo. Good to be back. Yeah, Luke was on a previous edition of the program, and uh, you know, next we have uh, Andrew Dennison. Yeah, that's right. One at No Relation to Station Manager Cam Dennison, who is about to have a uh, baby, as far as I know, uh, and uh, well, not him himself, but congratulations are due him uh, in those regards. Chris Adams rounds out the pack. Hello, and congrats to the other Denison. That's that's exciting. Two, uh, you know, spelled a little bit differently. You know, no relation, but uh, yeah. So here we are. We made it in uh, into Studio Tough City Radio. And I thought I'd start with you, Curtis, and just say, you know, you had an interesting story about listening to the Frequency Horizon. Maybe some of our listeners will actually remember me describing that on air, but tell me how you first came to know about the Frequency Horizon radio program.
2: Well, I was trying to avoid doing actual work, as as any good student knows how to do. And so I was tuned into the Victoria's Secret fashion show. So, well,
1: uh, so, so set, set the scene. You're, you're in Calgary. So, you, so you, we have two Calgarians. Well, Luke's Calgary Calgarian too, but we have two
2: Calgarians in the house that live there. You were in Calgary, studying for a U of C yeah, exam. Yeah, I'm at law something. school at U of C, so there's uh, quite a bit to do, and it keeps you up kind of late sometimes. And uh, fortunately, that evening, I was up late enough to catch a bit of the fashion show while we still had, uh, while we still had cable, still could afford, <laughs> while we still could afford cable, and... Uh, Victoria's Secret fashion show, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. But we needed we needed some good audio vibes to go along with that. Uh, so Luke posted on Facebook that he was going to be on.
1: Yeah, Luke was on the program that day, Talk talking trying about trying to players. trying to create some some sort of controversy, <laughs> as he is want to do. Resolve controversy, not create it. Okay, uh, resolve that was, controversy. That is goal. Yeah. So, and that was great. But uh, we also had some music going at the same time. How did
2: how did that uh, that whole process play out for you? It synced up perfectly to the fashion show. It was unbelievable. They would go do their little twirl, and just like the beat would drop, the mood would shift, and everything. They keep. Filing onto the stage there, and it's like it was as if you were here in the studio, just watching the same thing and tailoring everything to that. So that was my uh, that was my first Frequency Horizon experience, and uh, so I'm a big fan. It's great to be on. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. We appreciate it, man. And then uh, all the way at the other end of the table, we got uh,
1: Chris Adams, who I think you were listening that night as well, weren't you?
4: I was, yeah, I think I heard about, because Curtis and I are roommates, so I think I walked home to him watching this and listening to the music at the same time, and I remember seeing on Facebook that Luke had kind of posted something about us getting a shout out, and you guys actually, yeah, you shouted us out on the radio, which was, and it it, it was exciting, yeah, radio from across a different province getting shouted out, that was kind of cool. And like watching Curtis, you know, coming home to Curtis, kind of sitting on the couch watching this stuff too, was a nice sight to see.
2: It was uh, it was a highlight of my evening for sure, better than uh, studying torts or constitution or whatever. Or the watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Well, that was all right. The it was a good was combo. Nice, right? <laughs> So uh,
1: yeah, so Chris, actually, what are you, what are you taking at the UFC? Uh, I just
4: finished my poli sci degree. Um, finished my last exam. Three or four days ago, and then we drove out here. It's been a bit of a journey to get out here. It took us about three days from Calgary to get here, after a few drunken stoppages in Kamloops and Victoria, but uh, yeah, doing that, and then
1: Masters in Toronto for journalism. Uh, So, you're gonna go... So, I went to Ryerson, and you're actually gonna go to uh, Ryerson as well, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing the Masters program, because you you did the undergrad, right? I did an undergrad in journalism, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, but they had... you know, We actually had a few classes at the time where they called it the JRAD. They have this journalism program that's like kind of a... I guess now it's a Masters program. Mm-hmm. It was sort of in transition at the time, but you signed yourself up for that and you pretty pumped or what? Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean like everybody I tell is like... A very excited for me. B,
4: why are you going into journalism for a master's degree? Uh, That's kind of what it always tends to be. But like, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Just uh, you know, live in Toronto too. Toronto's a crazy city, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could almost say that about every master's degree in some some sense, right? right? Like, you know, to to a certain extent. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's interesting because I guess this group that we have here. Partly, there's some influences as far as you know. Some of you meeting or, or working together at a student newspaper in Calgary. Is that right? Yeah, I think like well, Curtis and I initially met
4: there. Uh, I was doing news, he was doing sports, and then through that I met Luke, who was Curtis's buddy from high school. And then Luke and I ended up living together, and then when Luke and I moved out of that place, Curtis and I got a house together. Um, so yeah, a student, honestly, like I, I've been in Calgary for about three, three, four years and like every one of my relationships has kind of been facilitated by by newspapers, yeah.
1: Interesting. It's interesting you even say newspapers because, you know, they say newspapers are dying but don't believe it for a second. There'll just uh, just be a, be a bit of a hardship for them they'll, to get through uh, and then they'll kind of rise again, I believe it.
4: They'll linger and they will hobble and they will, they will,
1: they will be okay for don't. a while.
4: <laughs> I mean, the big ones will die and the small ones will thrive. I think that's probably the way it'll go, but...
1: And you picked up Andrew on the way down here. Is that what happened?
4: Uh, Yeah, we drove through from Calgary to Kamloops uh, at the halfway stop, I guess. We got caught in Rogers Pass for about two and a half, three hours. But uh, we, uh, yeah, stopped in Kamloops and picked
2: up Andrew, who knows Curtis, through other means, which uh, I will probably let Andrew describe, maybe. Yeah, we did an exchange in Austria with Andrew, and that's how I met this guy. And... uh, the first time I met Andrew, it was just he had much longer. He was much neater looking than he is right now, but he had this wonderful long uh, surfer hair that they would uh, that they would love in Tofino. (laughs) And uh, he, uh, covered by this toque in Tofino style, and uh, he comes up and he's like, oh man, I heard you are from Canada. I'm from Vancouver, man, I was in the riots, it was crazy, it's just like, oh, what a great introduction to this guy. But uh, we we became fast friends and uh, when we were coming out to the west coast, we couldn't help but pick him up in Kamloops. Uh, Hadn't seen him in a while, he was in Korea for a couple of years, so it's good to have him back in Canada. So Andrew, I was gonna, if you wanna grab the mic there, uh, I was just... a
0: flattering (laughs) introduction.
1: <laughs> yeah, what what happened to your surfer hair, man? man I used to have I
0: used to have hair down to my to, down to my shoulders, and um, and then especially in the summer to get nice and blonde and everything like that. And I had a when I was when I was living in California, so I used to have a motorbike and I'd be ripping around and stuff like that. So, but you know, it's it's a lot of work to have long hair. That's what I found. <laughs> you got to you got to wash it and you got to condition it and you gotta
1: you know sometimes it doesn't work with you. And so I, it's a lot easier just to chop it off. It's it's interesting actually to to bring this up because uh, uh, I did sort of the reverse in a way um, when I left Calgary that was the last time I got like a really short haircut down on 11th Street they have those like kind of classy sort of you know. Almost, you know, almost like hipster, almost yuppie, almost, you know, a little bit manscaping kind of vibe to it, you know? And I uh, figured, you know, this is the last time I'm gonna be in civilization for a long time, so I figured I'd do that. And then I just like, been growing it ever since. Here I am in Tofino, and uh, was sort of, I don't know if that's a reverse journey, but um, it's nice to meet all you guys so far. Uh, what, what I'm gonna do is, um, I'm not, because you, know, you have the blonde hair, and you, Luke, I know you've, you always talk about the Yukon. I'm gonna play Yukon Blonde and uh, the song's called Fire. Blonde with Fire, came out in 2011, and we got another track here of the northern sort of themed variety, White Horse, Devil's Got a Gun. The devil's got a gun. We're at 10.09 here on this lovely Tofino evening, Main Street, Tough City Radio Studios. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a good one so far and always new challenges, new experiences and new people coming through. But uh, hopefully we'll hang on to those that uh, come in one way or another. But for now, we've got four folks in studio, some of them from Calgary, some of them Residents, residence, I guess five if you include myself, six if you include DJ Zoico, who's coming on at 11, but uh, I wanted to ask you, Chris, what's, uh, what is it that makes you want to stick in journalism at a time when it, the, the industry is in such a state of upheaval? Um, honestly, man, it's probably like the only thing I'm good at,
4: like... Or that I think I'm good at and that I want to keep doing i uh when I moved to Calgary about three and a half years ago that was kind of the first thing I, I flocked to I' had done a bit of a degree at u b c uh, in creative writing um, and it was always something I kind of like had hinted myself towards um but yeah definitely I've, I've been doing it for the past three ish years and I'm you know at least for the next uh two and a half I'll be doing it with uh uh at Ryerson working there for uh I guess do my masters there, so it's something that I think I got pretty pretty good at, um, and I want to keep working on it. And just like, I mean, the job situation is not great, obviously. Anybody will tell you that. Anybody who knows anything about journalism will tell you that the job situation is kind of sucky. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I just I want to keep working at it, and getting better, and you know, at the very least, I'll get a sweet comms job somewhere, maybe working for government PR.
1: Who knows? But um, yeah, I'm just getting good. He. Um I was just wondering, Chris Curtis. Sorry, you, you, you actually you're transitioning. Oh, you transitioned out of journalism. Why is
2: that? Yeah, well I was uh my whole thing, Chris is more into news, but I'm more of a sports guy, so I thought it would be pretty cool to be able to watch sports for a living and get paid. And it definitely was. Like to be able to go to games and uh, and get paid to watch and tell the stories of what happened those days is uh, is really cool. But it's also something you can for me, it was something I could also do at home and enjoy just as much without having to, you know, scramble ten minutes after the game ends to have a full five hundred word story about what happened at this football game up. Uh, so, you know what, I think for me it was just a, a matter of keeping things that you're passionate about a bit separate from what you do in your, your, daily, your daily work life. And, you know, other people are the exact opposite. They have to do what they're passionate about, and other, otherwise they can't do anything at all. And, uh, you know, it just comes down to the personality. But for me, uh, I thought it was a good time to get out, and, uh, you know, I haven't regretted it, but I also don't regret giving it a shot, too, because it was actually a lot of fun. So I'll give you just a quick update as far as,
1: you know, some, I guess, personal stories as far as what I know what's going on. You're you're moving into law, kind of? Yeah, area. that's right. I'm yeah. in my uh, first year of law school. You're the second person in a matter of weeks who I met who is from Calgary, who was in journalism, and is now in law. You're kidding. Who's the other? I, it was this, I, I a brand new Frequency Horizon follower right on. who I met the other day at The Wolf, who... Uh, Is down just hanging out in Tofino, and
2: you know, maybe she's tuning in right now, who knows? There's a Um, few of us who love Tofino in in my class, and they're gonna be here throughout the summer, so uh, you know, hopefully they keep tuning in while they're here. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, when it comes down to it, I got passion for the uh, the
1: journalism love out there, but one other story I know a uh, cameraman, a videographer, I should say, who just won an award, he's also transitioning out of of the industry, and it's kind of crazy that. Literally, he won an award like, within the last few weeks and yet his first move or what he's been working towards is to get out of the industry, so it's kind of a de- bit depressing but you've know, got to keep the fire alive where, where you can, right? Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I think it's kind of funny too, Like I uh, working at uh, the student newspaper over the past couple of years. years, like, this year was the year that a videographer from, from our paper, we did a, a, a video about a year and a half ago maybe. It's been, it's been a little while but he ended up winning a student journalism award for that. And I feel like maybe the same way, it's like you get really bolstered up by, I don't know, student journalism love when you're kind of like trying to like get better at it. You get really... You get good and you get awards, et cetera, et cetera, but then you kind of get out there and it's like, oh, there's just nothing else for me. I'm an award-winning photojournalist or a student journalist running news, sports, whatever it might be. But you get out there and it's like, that's not enough to get you what you want, right? That's, that's kind of the biggest obstacle is like, how do you get over that hurdle where like the traditional kind of modes of getting a job
2: at least, you know they they aren't, they aren't enough, right? And he, uh, he got a job at the school actually, they scooped him right up from the mm-hmm. newspaper, saw one of his videos, they loved it, it was amazing, super talented kid, mm-hmm. and you know, are you gonna work for the school and make, uh, make more money than you can at the student mm-hmm. newspaper, that's for sure. Yeah. So it's kind of, as far as scooping up talent, they go where the money goes. <laughs> so guys, I, I wanna play another track here, it's gonna
1: be our track of the week, it's another Justin Martin track. Featuring Femme, the namesake of the album, right here, Hello Clouds, stick with us.
5: I'm Jeff from From Tofino Tofino Co-op Hardware
3: are you new to the community or just putting off getting that co-op number we keep asking you for
0: why not invest $10 and become a lifetime member owner
3: our member owners will receive 5% in cash back and equity on all their purchases made throughout the year
0: your membership is good at all of our locations grocery store, gas bar, Tofino Life Clothing, and of course the hardware store. This also gives you a vote at our annual meetings.
3: So take five minutes to stop by our admin office, invest in yourself and your community. Easy peasy, right G?
0: Yeah, easy peasy,
5: Shari.
3: Co-op, you're You're at
5: home here. (laughs)
1: So here we are back in studio, Tough City Radio, a DJ Zyko coming up, not much longer yet, t- t- about 15 minutes, and then you'll be able to get into the mix and let him take you on a journey in sound. So, you know, just wait, but for now we've, we've got a little posse right up in here, and uh, I wanted to ask you guys about uh, a little bit about travel, a little about the journeys that you've been on. But first of all, what's it been like kind of hanging out in our fair town at Tofino?
2: really unique place. Um, just people, people come to Tofino from all over Canada, but it's almost like these people kind of have like a similar mindset and they just gravitate towards out here. Um, people are really relaxed, people love to surf obviously, uh, but most of all people just, I think, if there's anything is people appreciate nature. You get people who appreciate it in the sense of going surfing, they want to surf every day. People like the hikes, people want to be out in the out in the bush trapping every... Uh, Every day of their lives, so just people out here love nature and respect uh, respect that aspect and want that to be in their lives every day. And I think that's the cool thing about the Tofino for sure. Hey Andrew. Yeah.
1: What What do you think, sociologically, sociologically speaking? How would you characterize the vibe of Tofino from what you've noticed so far?
0: Oh, I guess we talked about it. I guess we talked about it earlier,
1: right? Eh? We were hanging out at Jack's. Yeah. yeah? Anyway, and um, I I ended up having to spend a hundred bucks to get my car out of the impound because I, I parked it at the hostel. Sorry guys. Uh, sorry, Tofino, if, if whoever out there, I blocked your car and I do apologize. As far you know, I did have to pay for it, so you it's know, $100. the karma. <laughs> right?
0: no, I, you know, just like sociologically, um, like the Vancouver Island, they, they've done really well with just sort of isolating themselves. Maybe it's kind of like island life or something like that, but they've isolated themselves and they sort of created a kind of micro culture. Within BC, within Canada, you know what I mean. Like, there's really not a lot of places like Tofino anywhere else in Canada, and maybe even like North America or something like that. Just these little pockets, you know, of just unique things happening and stuff. So, uh, like, you you get a little bit in Victoria, and you kind of get the vibe in Vancouver, and then the more central you go, you probably lose it. But like, kind of like Tofino, it's just this. I don't know, this little hot spot, you know, this little red dot of just
1: coolness kind of coming out of it, man. It just sort of radiates, you know? And, and Chris, I was gonna ask you, um, I, was, I was just wondering if you had to like kind of conceptualize a feature article or some type of a, a news piece that would, you know, maybe delve into a different angle of it, what, what, kind of, what are some of the avenues you might look down as far as what you've noticed about Tofino culture, just as, as your first impression, you know, you know? What are some, some things you might throw out there, just as first ideas, past the look down as far as characterizing the vibe of this place?
4: Um, I mean, I don't know, I mean I think, I, I haven't been here very long and we've been <laughs> drinking a lot. Uh, I, I, I don't know... Okay, okay. so there's one, one know, right there, check mark. Well, uh, again, yeah, I mean, these are all things, right? Drinking culture is huge here, right? And like, Cheers. Also, there's a very high uh, quantity of very attractive people in a very small population uh, people here are good looking. I noticed that. That's kind of cool. Uh, but I think like there, there's some like social issues. They send the others to Yuki. <laughs> well, I, I haven't gone to Yuki yet, so I don't know. I don't know the attractiveness quotient there. But uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, here there's some really cool stuff. Like, I mean, I think surfing cultures are like super interesting. I. Uh I've been getting more and more into like the idea of surfing culture. I think Curtis knows that I read a couple of books on over the Christmas break about surfing.
2: He read about nothing but surfing for like a month.
4: Yeah, and it was just like it kind of scratched that itch of like not traveling over the winter and that sort of thing. But uh, surfing culture here would be really cool to touch on. Uh, I think like social issues too. I mean, like I mean, we talked about like the housing situation here a little bit uh, with Luke over the little bit over uh, the past couple of days, and I think stuff like that would be interesting to touch on, just like housing and sort of social issues associated with like, you know, a, a town that very much focuses on the the, the service sector and tourists and maybe doesn't appreciate its locals as much. I don't know if that's, that's kind of what I've gotten a sense of. I'm not sure about you guys who live here, but uh, that's, yeah.
1: Well, I currently live here, but yes, still looking for a place. Hit me <laughs> up on Trafino Trading Posts. Uh, one of my posts on there. If you know something, let me know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what I think is interesting, you sort of touched on it, is about, first of all, you're on a journey, you've come here, you're appreciating what we have to offer here, but there's this kind of idea of people here, that have this wanderlust, they have this, they're here maybe for a short time, and then they're going to go somewhere else, and i was just going to ask, you know, for example, Curtis, you know, you're here, but you've previously been to Austria and I was just wondering what it is about travel that really captivates you like what makes you like going to these places and it sounds like you did quite a bit when you were in Austria
2: Yeah I just like the different perspectives actually just last year I spent I spent 6 months and I I just went to Korea to visit Andrew actually and ended up in Ireland I went all the way around just uh, just because I could I had the time to do it and I wanted to see as much as I could and I think what it is is just being able to gain you know a different perspective on like how, people, how people live their lives and what I, what I bring back with all the time, probably number one, is just more patience with people, just understanding that you know just because someone's different than you doesn't, doesn't mean that's like something that's adverse, it just means it's something you can draw from, something you can learn on, something you can take with you on your daily life and second of all is just what an awesome country we live in. Every time I come back, uh, you know, especially the sky in Alberta. You look up. The first thing I do when I get off the plane is look up at that big blue sky. And you won't find a sky that blue or big anywhere else. So, just uh, it gives you a little bit of different perspective, just on people and also just your location where you are in life. So that's a cool thing about traveling. You know, uh, Andrew, you um, you're in Austria as well, and yeah. I, I, I just be you
1: know I just was curious to know: would you draw more similarities or differences between for example, Tofino and Austria. Like, I, I, the reason I bring that up is because I see, like, a European influence that, in Tofino that you don't see in a lot of other places in Canada. Would you say that's fair to say, or do you kind of see it as...
0: No, no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, to be honest with you, like, uh, Europe Europe is, like, really steeped in their own things, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was with Chris over there, and, like, each country has their own really deeply steeped, in their history, in their people, in, their, in their, all the things they've been through and everything like that, the, you know, they got their own lineage to follow, you know, but here, and like, in, and that's the thing about the new world, like Canada and America, and even like Mexico and the Americas and stuff like that, is that especially in Canada, that we're an immigrant nation and everything like that, that we're able to produce our own, you know, we're on, we're, we're kind of, you know, riding our own wave, so to speak, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're building it as we go. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's the problem with Europe and stuff because they're kind of stuck, you know? They're kind of stuck in their ways and their traditions and everything like that. And so, I don't see that similarity because we're kind of blazing our own little trails, you know, way out west, you know?
1: Do you think that that puts Canada in a better position to almost grapple with the challenges of the new, the new world? I mean, obviously, I'm thinking about the refugee crisis in Europe where. They're almost, they're almost like freaking out, they don't know what to do because they want to hold on to their culture, right? Whereas Canada, it's like, yeah, bring, bring well, the refugees you can, here. You can see the
0: alternative, you know what I mean? You can see the alternative. For example, like Germany's doing really well, even though they have their culture, they're really like swallowing their pride and just like you know letting these people come in and let's work together and stuff like that. But you can see the alternative. You can look in the States, for example, and they don't do it so well or as well. You know what I mean? Because they got the the melting pot, we got the cultural mosaic or whatever. So they don't really do it as well. And there's a lot more friction, a lot more polarization down there and stuff because I I know for a fact, because I spent some time out there, but we have just built a culture, a kind of uh, an ethic, you know, a kind of, it's in our identity almost that we say, hey, you're from Syria. Hey, you're from Guatemala or whatever. And you're like, that's so cool. And you come on, just, for example, a testament to that, look at our Canada Day celebrations. We celebrate everybody else, you know. We do a lot better, you know. That's,
1: That's great. I, I love hearing those kind of stories, and it's always interesting to, you know, look, compare and contrast. We're going to be back here in Tough City Radio Studios in a few minutes, but first, let's get all Jay and other, every other freckle. Yeah. Jay with Every Other Freckle. Now we've got DJ Zoico. He's coming up. <laughs> That's right, DJ Zoico. Now, earlier on, I said he'd be up in 20 minutes. That actually, it was a lie. I lied. Yeah. It, was, it was a bit of a trick to get you guys to stay tuned to our awesome podcast type of conversations. But soon enough, you will have some musical flow up to bat, so what, what, what's coming up tonight, DJ Zyko?
3: Well, definitely like every night keeping it deep and dark and dubby. But there's a new album out by Komodo on deep Medi music, so definitely some of that. And then probably the last 45 minutes, getting some new and bass stuff off Critical Records and 31 recordings, so if you're into the deep jungle, should stay tuned for that.
1: You know, I've been, I've been looking at the uh, the lineup that's just been coming out there for, like, for example, Bass Coast, and you know, got a lot of that. It's
3: all like those UK DJs, right? The big deep drum and bass, deep dubstep labels that are sending artists over to Canada. Uh, sorry, I'll say that again. Sending artists over to Canada for the festivals. So that's really cool, actually, because, you know, we're moving away from the square to the. Yeah, dad's like, well, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's cool to get deeper bass vibes going on on the West Coast, definitely.
1: And that'll be coming up, So, and, and you're going to have to hold your horses because the summer's not quite here yet, and we got DJ Zoico in the meantime for you to do that. So, you know, you know, at a, like I said, at 11 o'clock till 1, good vibes on the way. So, for now, we're going to play an older track, nothing to do with the deeper, di- darker kind of... You know, dubstep B vibes in any way shape or form but still just as technical we got Monin and this song is called it's Don't Tell Locke. Here it is. <laughs> You were talking about Base Coast earlier. This is an artist I did see at Base Coast previously, Random Rob, Ganymede. Hope you enjoy. Annie Mead. Love that track and I could tell you if I was an alien flying from a distant galaxy, arriving here in this beautiful corner of the universe, I'd pump that music on the way in. If you were going to play some type of music as an alien coming in, what would you play, Luke? Renewal of The
3: Calling. Renewal of The Calling? Yeah, that would uh-huh. be my, uh, that we might track on the way in, I think, uh-huh. um, as I hit the water. Um, <laughs> that's a great great selection, by the way. Thank you, thank you. I heard it on, a, on somebody's radio show not too very long ago. The Frequency Horizon, possibly? Might have been the one. I'm, I'm, I can't quite recall, but it could have been, yeah, certainly. <laughs> the, <laughs> the one sound on track. I suppose that's actually a really good question. If, if you're going on an intergalactic uh, space journey, what would your playlist include? Who do you take on that journey? If 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 you and one alien friend could uh, could get in your spaceship <laughs> 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 from Ganymede to here, I don't know what what that is—a couple light years or what? what About seven, out. seven, I think. About seven, seven is seven that, and that, a half. That, that, you, you reckon? Okay. Well,
1: it depends if you're taking you know washing breaks every you know picking up snacks on the way at this right the station. Yeah. Naturally.
4: What kind of ship you're driving too? Right? I mean, you're like you the talking. Are you
1: flying economy
3: Balkan? class? Yeah.
4: Yeah, you, you you can't know for sure, right? <laughs>
3: Good point. What, what, what do you give the odds on alien life, Luke? Um, this is a really good question. Uh, I've, I've actually had a lot of conversations, maybe on a bit of a segue. Uh, I was going back to Calgary for a wedding um, about two weeks ago. A buddy of mine was getting married, and uh, I stayed at my roommate's cousin's house in Nanaimo and got into the conversation about ghosts. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on ghosts? Do you believe? Do you not believe? Have you had any experiences? Is it. All bollocks, and are
1: we kind of going crazy? But or or are we going to go into that like haunted house horror well, movie? Well, you know, what what I want to say on this is that is you know I don't
3: for the for the at, at the risk of of sounding maybe you know less than one hundred percent scientific, I don't want to write it off until I have some sort of meaningful experience that involves it. And on that point, because the ghost side, I. You know, I I never really believed in this stuff growing up much, but I have met enough people who have had really weird experiences in old houses, including on Vancouver Island, and I had no idea that Victoria, for example, is is supposedly like you know, a center of black magic in the satanic world.
1: New things learning every day. But um, they do Haunted House Tours, I heard it on CBC. Exactly, right
3: exactly. Yeah. And so
1: if... if it's like ma- a whole thing. I'm,
3: I'm just gonna put this out there. If we can't write ghosts off, can we really write aliens off? No, but even... even don't,
1: you think, don't you think actually there's more... It's more likely that there'd be alien life almost than ghosts? Like scientifically speaking, at least, that it's, it's more likely that somewhere out there, there's some type of... And maybe not sentient. I think it fits into our
3: paradigm of of what we believe to serve. like. It, w- it would still fit in with it, like a Western scientific perspective of you know everything existing in this world and the, in a similar way to ourselves. Um, I think it does fit in much more easily than than something like ghosts or or you know a, a spiritual entity of some kind. I, I I have to laugh at the fact that I got this topic. These guys get to talk about like. Like you know, <laughs> the 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 demise of news journalism and and law school and sports and things and
1: no, but right. I was going to ask because Chris is the he's I mean currently he's the the newsman or the the focused on it in in the business you know what do you think uh, what do you think the chances are of alien life existing?
4: Um, I'm gonna like wildly dispute Luke's claims about this <laughs> into our Western paradigm of scientific uh, thought. I think I think that's an easy way to say that like. Anything's possible, which, which of course it is, I mean, like we, of course science can't prove everything because there's so much uncertainty, but I also do believe like best evidence is best evidence and like I believe in a biological being outside of our solar system more than I believe in a spiritual being that we likely concocted the story behind it in our brains before having any evidence of it, right? That's kind of... That, that's the big point. I mean, yes, I am fitting into that Western you know, scientific
3: narrative, but I think it's, I think it's valid. I just like to put it out there as a challenge. I think maybe, you know, with a bit of planning, a little bit of coordination, maybe in three weeks, three or four weeks, I think you should put up a posting, and invite people to come tell their own stories about aliens and or ghosts. Maybe there's alien ghosts. Alien maybe ghosts. They, well, maybe we tra- had maybe they had a double tap, and I, I those people need to hit the air. By the way, I'm,
1: to, to I'm working on I'm working on getting the phone line up and running. It's it's like a work in progress. I thought I had it tonight. Uh, It it may work, we're we're still working on it, and at that point, we're going to do what we should do, I think we're going to do a full on Whitley Streber, Art Bell type of uh, call in show, or at least half an hour. We should do at least half an hour, you know, crazy Tofino ghost stories. (laughs) I mean, if you guys are into it, you know, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Frequency Horizon. We'd love to hear your stories about, you know, weird electromagnetic blips or this or that that that, that you've got going on. uh, Is that worse? I think it'd be interesting. I think, again, I I totally... I want to listen to Luke's radio show.
4: I want to listen to what he has to say and the conversations he'd have with other people who have experienced ghostly (laughs) phenomena. Because I think I've experienced them myself. But, like, I also believe that I don't... I don't believe myself when I say... I guess there's things to myself or tell other people that, like, I've had ghostly experiences where the TV has turned on without me pressing the button and that sort of thing I think people are, are fallible and I, I, I don't buy a lot of those stories because I think
1: well my laptop disappeared for the first half of the show so you know that was and, then, the and, then, that but, was and then but I found it <laughs> that was the I ghost. found it on the that couch beside me yeah. because it was under your okay. coat right yeah. the no, solution, but solution no, no the ghost there. took it and brought it back the, the ghost put the ghost took it and brought it back which he, is exactly what happened clearly
4: th- this is a good lesson in, in media, uh, me, media literacy uh, yeah. don't believe everything your host tells you exactly. because that didn't
1: happen that's what this is like so but but uh, you know what i think is you know one way we could look at it is you know what forget the word ghost for a second forget the word aliens i mean these are really red herrings at the end of the day i think what you have to do is say you know we're, we're finite you know, human, we have finite abilities, but we have actually a huge amount of capacity we can tap into. And so we have these senses that we know of. We, there's this idea that you know, there's a lot of resources of our own strength and abilities that we don't tap into. I mean, how many people are like, you guys listen to you know, Simon's story, he's going to paddle all the way to Alaska. Maybe not each and every one of us, but many, many of us could do that if we put our minds to it. And that's just one example within a particular type of ability. Is there any chance when we have other almost hidden abilities that are very scientific to perceive the world around us in a deeper way than, than we have right now? And that could be potentially, maybe not ghosts, but there could be certain things that you know, we're not able to tap into that you know, if only we could then ghosts would exist.
2: I I think the coolest thing that I, you know, you hear from people who have a family member die is how, like, they're in their car or something like that at a certain time when a family member died, and they just felt something, Mm -hmm. and like that's one thing that you know you do hear from time to time from people that makes you really wonder: is there something? Physical, like in the airways, that we can't that we can't quite measure about like an emotional connection with someone, and that's something I don't think anyone has really figured out yet or even attempted to. But that's something that you just hear here by ear, which I'd be interested to hear what science has to say about that. Maybe science has something to say about it that I haven't heard. Uh, but for me, that's always been something that's piqued my interest. I
4: I, I think
2: I just cut Andrew off, and I'm
4: sorry. I think Christopher Nolan has the answer in Interstellar. Is that love? Right, were you gonna bring that up, Andrew? Andrew is very <laughs> upset with... okay. Sorry, the, can I, can that's right. That's inferior really answer. let just say something really quick. Go like, ahead. Like yeah, science does
0: have, have the answer to those questions, and like they've been answered, like for the most part. Like explain science, man.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not going to explain science, but I'm just saying like <laughs>
3: that's not going to
2: I can I can explain Interstellar as a really lazy piece of writing towards the end of no, the no, movie no, no. to just see use amazing, love to explain, explain every single plot point. I could tell you that. I'm
4: not going to argue. I will argue this with you. Interstellar is a fucking amazingly written film. Oh, I'm sorry. I've I've been those swearing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Interstellar is a great film, written well, and I think it kind of like does kind of fill the gaps between science and emotion. It kind of fills those gaps between like the human experience that is that differentiates itself from like hard science, and it connects it with the hard science.
2: I mean, you you might be right. I think maybe the execution was a little cheesy at the end, where he's floating around behind the scenes, being like, "Oh, it was love all along." But you know what? I I get what he was getting at there. And I think it just ties into that theme of there being some sort of emotional string between people that we can't quite understand yet, but might might yet be there, and I'm, I'm interested to hear if anyone ever has some sort of way of figuring that out. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough one, man. I don't know. I
4: think that's... Going to require some different instruments
2: I think it would have required you and me taking more mathematics in school taking you know actual useful <laughs> subjects a little bit more a inter- little more seriously rather than you know dabbling in, in history and, and journalism like we tend to do here uh, but I mean hats off to those people who are trying to figure these things out I mean by all means try and figure out cancer first or you know some <laughs> other sort of thing that actually affects people's day-to-day life but if if along the way you can maybe just figure out what's going on with uh like when grandpa dies and you can somehow feel it from like a few miles away like i'd like to know that personally if you got the time so uh, thanks you guys for coming in we reached the end of the frequency horizon show we
1: got uh you know, I think Luke wants to introduce the next song, which is Renee Levi's The, the calling. calling.
3: And as Matthew Connay in Interstellar, <laughs> whether it's in 2015 or, you know, the
1: 1970s, all right, all right, It's right. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Frequency Horizon, SoundCloud.com slash Frequency Horizon. Big things to come.